to the Behind the Tea podcast with Rob and Kelly. How's it going, Rob? It's going very well. How are you? Not too bad. It's uh, still spring outside, so spending yes. all the time I can outdoors, outside of my own little bubble. And uh, speaking of bubbles, are we still in a <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had a good segue, and that was not one of them. I don't know if this is going to be the official title of this podcast, but in terms of our recording session, I just called it, Are We Still in the Bubble? Do you know who's not in the bubble this week anymore? Kathy Gauthier. I'm sure she's very happy. Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she actually still is. She must have like a tent there or something. And uh, I know she doesn't have to be, but I, I, I wonder if she, you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to leave. This is my home now. <laughs> kind of gets Stockholm Syndrome with the bubble. Yeah. Exactly. I assume she lives in Manitoba, but she should be making her way back in a week to a week and a half for the Women's Worlds. So mm -hmm. sure, she's looking forward to that. But outside of bubbles, uh, I just I want to throw this out there before we forget about it. But I have recruited or I'm in the process of recruiting someone else to our uh, curling la uh, ladder team. Okay, so let's because we're always looking for players when we are able to curl. Exactly. For a Tuesday night league, you need like a seven man team to make sure you yeah. always have someone available. There's many last minute phone calls that we make desperately trying to find people. So let's just run through the list so far because I've already lost track. So we've got you and me. Mm -hmm. We've got um, Brian Mudrick. Yeah. Tom Brady is next. Uh, I forget who we recruited last week. I think we did somebody. It wasn't a Tom Brady that we recruited? I think there was somebody else too. I don't know. Whatever. But who's the latest? Oh, well, this person, I think they're going to be a great contender for our team. Uh, they are athletic. They come from a sports background. So we know that they're going to be physically fit. Uh, they're going to have a lot of time on their hands uh, because they have just retired from their previous commitment. So I think that they're going to be a reliable person. Um, and that is, uh, on, this person is also uh, from my favorite football team. Uh, so Julian Edelman <laughs> has officially announced his retirement uh, this week. So I uh, slid into his DMs, you know, I don't want to say congratulating him, but I say, you know, need something else to you do are, now. Yeah. Please come and uh, play for our curling team. He has yet to respond. Um, but I'm quite confident uh, that he will accept because how can you refuse that, right? Of course. How many curling Patriot fans reach out to him? Well, not that many. <laughs> I'm assuming not. And if Tom Brady's already on board, like they're BFFs, they're going to come. It's mm -hmm. a little more of an incentive. And then if both of them are going to are going to play with us, you know that they're just going to bring Gronk, right? Because he doesn't want to be out of the loop. Oh, so... oh, Gronk. Oh, that would be something. Yeah. I think I've already said this, but I want to see him slam a curling rock. <laughs> oh my God. You know, all those people that were really mad at like Steve Laycock for busting the ice at the Briar? Like, just wait till Gronkowski is curling. Like, then you'll have something to complain could about. Could you imagine? I could see Gronk be, I think his position. So, you know how every curling position has like a set personality or like a stereotype of the type of person that would play that position? <laughs> I, yes. yeah. I would put Gronk as a as a second. As a second. As a second, yeah. And I feel like uh -huh. if you were to call him a peel weight takeout, he'd like blast the rock in two. He's not gonna come up light. Oh, that's for sure. You already <laughs> know, like he's so tall that by the time that he can get into a slide position, he's already at the other end. Mm -hmm. I don't know what what would you put him? You don't think he's a good second? No, no, I agree. The more I think about it, like he seems like a natural second. Yeah. I uh, I see a lot of uh, myself in him. 
not in the football or general talent point of view, but in the always being heavy when trying to throw a crucial draw. And like, uh-huh. if the house were just like where the hack was, my draw weight would be so much better. <laughs> Maybe we should make a mini curling a thing. Remember we used to do that a lot of practice to work on strategy and stuff like that. Oh man, yeah. I remember that. I feel like this is how our team is going to be set, okay? If we get if we get Tom Brady, Gronk, and Edelman, I'll skip because they don't know like the finesse of the game. Right. We need we need experience at the skip position. I think we can do a thing where Tom Brady, he'll play third, but maybe throw last rocks. Yeah. He can okay. cuz he can do that uh under pressure thing. Yeah, you want to be in the house with Tom Brady. I I know how it is. <laughs> and then we got Edelman at lead and uh, Gronk at second. I think that's a solid team. Hey, and what am I doing here? <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> I'm the one getting you all beer, exactly. right? Exactly. There we go. Uh, well, unfortunately, only four people can play at a time, Rob. So that's you true. can replace so. me when I'm on my days off. There we yeah. go. All right. Well, all jokes aside. Um... Yeah, that's a pretty world-class team, I yeah. would say. And speaking of world-class... Is that a better segue? I don't know. Not really, but... (laughs) So did you, uh, I guess, to kind of loop back to last week's episode, did you successfully manage to avoid finding out who won the world championship on Monday? I actually did. So what we were talking about last week was that um, with the bursting of the bubble, if you will, uh, with when we had some positive cases, everything got shut down and then they... They ended up playing the final of the world championships at 11 o'clock at night for us here uh, in the East. So we, um, or what I tried to do was, what did you call it? The Super Bowl challenge where you try to go without finding it. Yeah. So I PVR'd it. Um, I was very careful about making sure I PVR'd the right TSN feed so that I didn't end up taping golf. I turned off my, or I put my phone in airplane mode for an entire day. I don't know, like I don't get too many important phone calls. Usually it's just like little messages from people, but I missed like at least three important phone That's calls. A, it's like the day you put it on airplane mode is the one day that you have an emergency and need to oh, be of course, Yeah. The call from work, I had a call from a notary, things like that, like all of that important stuff. Uh, yeah, airplane. it was fun to explain to them. Oh yeah, so I was doing this challenge thing. I did pull it off. I did actually uh, see somebody that I work with um, who is a curler who... And we chat about curling all the time. I saw her turn the corner and I kind of scurried away uh, before I could have a conversation with her. All that to say, I got home and I was able to watch the game in, I had about two hours time. So by the way, curling is pretty good to watch fast forwarded. You just, um, mm-hmm. you skip between all the shots. So it's not that bad to catch up and get the general gist of things. And yeah, I got to see Nicholas Adine win for, uh, what is it? His, is it his sixth? Uh, no. His- Fifth, third in a row, third right? Third in a row, fifth all time. Fifth all time. And I had this written down, his sixth final in eight years. Oh my God. I think he has a record now too for the most world championships. Or he is must. he tied? Yeah, I think he might I think he, he won. If not, He's definitely the one, the first one with the three in a row. Okay, yeah. And I don't know, Kelly, I've done like no research for this at all. All I have is uh, I did scribble down a few things that they mentioned okay. when while I was watching that final and I somehow wrote down that he had uh this is his sixth final in eight years and the the line that i have written right next to that is why the hell did i bet against him i know i don't understand yeah we definitely learned that to uh never bet against eden uh because he's just the goat 
of curling right now. But I think I was swayed to go with the other teams a little more just because they were they were a little rocky at the beginning. But also like every other team was, you know, Mm -hmm. like even against Canada, it wasn't their best performance. So I was like, oh, maybe this is the year that Eden just doesn't perform as well. Um, Also because they haven't had as much playing time as they normally would. So it's not the team that we're used to seeing. But uh, there you go. We were wrong again, as we always are. And uh, he won, (laughs) of course. And I wanted to throw out there that, I mean, I didn't, I guess I watched it fast forwarded. So I don't maybe, I can't really speak to the actual quality of the game. But from what I noticed, I thought it was really well played by both teams. Um, I have it here that in the first end, uh, Sweden was really up against it. Um, Scotland made everything and he was shooting again. There was a really good chance of a steal of three. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the exact shot. I think it was a really good pressure draw. Yep. And you knew he wasn't going to miss yeah, it. Yeah, he essentially had to draw the button, I think, if I remember correctly. It's been a week now. I'm Me too. I barely remember what happened yesterday. But uh, yeah, really impressive to do that in the first end of a World Championship final. He made it look easy. Yeah, and kudos to Scotland too. I think this was their first final. Last year they won bronze. But yeah, this is their first final going up against Eden. Like they definitely held their own and performed well, unfortunately. Things didn't go their way, and especially at the end there when Sweden, I think they got five or six in that last end. Oh, yeah, that last end, yeah, when they blew it open. Yeah, which was unfortunate. I missed that. So, yeah, the game was at 11 p.m. and on a Sunday. So I brought my laptop to bed, and my rec- my goal was just to see how far into the game I can make it before I fall asleep. And I made it, I think I texted you the next day without spoiling it, but I made it up until the sixth end. So almost at the end of the game. And I'm such an idiot, by the way, because the first thing you said was no spoilers, which I assume you meant were, were, I'm not about to spoil this for you, Rob. Exactly. But what I, what I thought that meant is that you were doing the same stupid thing that I was. Don't spoil it for you. (laughs) So I avoided writing back for a long time until I finally figured out maybe like a day later, oh, that's what she meant. Yeah, so I fell asleep around the sixth end. It was still like pretty tight, but I had a hunch that Sweden was going to win. Like I think they were definitely um, dominating at that point. But then, yeah, I worked the next day and then pulled up the YouTube and just kind of like had it in the background and then Mm -hmm. saw saw that last shot. So, yeah, which is great. And if I remember... Oh, go ahead. Another Sorry. thing, which is great also to for all of those out there who don't have cable, uh, you can watch it on YouTube and you can do like I do and just play it on 1.5 speed. Oh, That's almost how I watch all my YouTube videos at the moment now is just 1.5 speed. Or, you know, like those tutorials where people just talk forever, you know, they'll teach you, I don't know how to open a jar that won't open. Right. And but there's like a five minute <laughs> intro onto like First, I want to thank my sponsors. Of- <laughs> exactly. And you just like you just want to get like to the gist of it. Like, so yeah, yeah, I just watch everything on 1.25 or 1.5 speed. And- oh, that is smart. Yeah, I have to admit, I, I'm curling is a sport best viewed fast forwarded. Yeah, especially those, um, the first shots. I mean, not to shame the front end. I know, we're useless. <laughs> well, even, come on, even TSN doesn't always show the leads right. That's right. They go to a commercial during the... Actually, there was a big, uh, though, in that game or in the final, uh, in that decisive end where Sweden blew it open. I mm-hmm. I got to go with what I wrote down here. Um, they did hog one 
one of the guards, I think, Scotland did. And it yep. wasn't even close. Like, it was well hogged. Yeah. That's something that you don't see very much, especially on no. arena ice. So arena, like we've hogged quite a fair share of rocks. Or, or <laughs> and when I say we, I mean our team. We've sh- hogged a fair share of rocks at uh, the curling club during our league. But sometimes the ice in a curling club can be very heavy, especially if it's super mm-hmm. cold outside. But arena ice is super slick. Like you just have to breathe, and like the rock is gonna go to the other end. And we've already mentioned in this particular episode how I, I'm known for uh, kind of breezing right through the house. Can you imagine me on arena ice? Boy, that's not going to go no, well. This is why we haven't gone competitive in mixed doubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it was. I feel like it was a good game overall. Again, it was just kind of, if you watch the end, it was just kind of like meh because there were no fans to cheer on. Oh, yeah. You know? I guess I'm kind of used to that by now. Um in fact, I've been, uh, whenever I see crowds now, I, I have a weird feeling about it. Normally, I look at things like that and I say, oh, well, that must have been taken over a year ago or something. Now, when I see people without masks or in, in groups, I just, I get weirded out by it. It's the, I hate, I hate the expression, the new normal, but yeah, it's, uh, I would have felt really weird if somebody had come and like actually given them a trophy or if there had been actual fans. But you know you know how at the beginning of this whole thing before the they even started the bubble, we made the comment of, you know, we were not sure how exciting the games are going to be because there are no fans and just that whole hype is going to be gone. I'm actually loving the no fan thing. Like I have no problem yeah, with it. I am, yeah. I what I've discovered in sports is that I don't really miss the fans. Uh, in most sports, they just fake that anyway. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I think it's. I didn't have a problem with it for football, but for soccer, it was a game changer. I watched the Champions League game, mm-hmm. uh, which is the biggest game in soccer for the year. And uh, just seeing the empty stands, it was not the same thing. Like the game was so boring which I'm sure a lot of people (laughs) would say soccer games are boring, but there was definitely like a decrease in energy, whereas um, curling there wasn't. And my theory Mm -hmm. on this is the reason why is because in curling or even in football, they don't often show the fans. You like, you don't see the crowd. So it really doesn't make a difference. Whereas soccer, it's always like panned out. So you see, right the stands just full of people and now you just see empty chairs and it just looks like a practice game or something so i feel like the fact that we're not seeing the fans is really uh, making a difference that's true i feel the same way in hockey too like i hear the crowd noise but it's the same shot like you see the the empty stands all around and you know that there's something weird about it but for curling you're right it's not part of the shot it's generally pretty quiet during a regular game anyway yeah except for those big shots done by the skip or whatever but they rarely ever show the crowd no that's right except for like the the people that are all dressed up oh yeah and uh like that i miss that that was always fun but you're right no i'm used to it but actually oh go ahead i was gonna say um one thing that we didn't get this year at the worlds was the the swiss cowbell because i feel that one we always hear someone always comes with a cowbell oh that is true which and that they should have they should have had like uh Harvard Vod Pedersen, who was coaching them, he should have been allowed to have yeah. a cowbell or something. I also, out of curiosity, where do you buy a cowbell? You know, I don't know. Like, I've never been to a store and seen a cowbell. Can you order this um, on Amazon? 
I don't know. I wonder. We should. Can you imagine if one of the Swiss people like packs a cowbell onto the plane? <laughs> <laughs> We've both been to Switzerland. I happen to know, and um, I don't remember. Now I want to be like, are they like everywhere there? Are they in stores or? Uh, no. Or is it one of those like souvenir things you pick up at the airport? I, I guess so. I mean, I I don't know where you went in Switzerland. I was in Zurich in like mm, the university campus. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of cowbell there. Okay. Yeah. I was in Geneva and I've been to the airport in Zurich. So I, I saw the touristy stuff. I don't remember. I saw it chocolate and cheese. That was. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of chocolate and uh-huh. cheese. Because uh, the the final that we're talking about happened uh, after the COVID scare, which turned out to be a bunch of false positives. But when the games did resume, we should point out that everybody was wearing masks. So it's the first time I've watched a curling with everybody wearing masks. And uh, you could tell that the players were having a bit of trouble with it. Mm-hmm. I know that the Scottish team, who uh, I think win the award for best sweepers in the in the world championship, that poor front end, they were gassed. Oh, the, yeah. He kept having to lift up his mask just to get in as much air as he possibly could. Yeah, you often saw the, like, just pulling it at the bottom to get more air. Well, I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. blame them. You know, this year, the two times that we managed to get onto the ice, just getting up and sweeping my own rock, I was like, I need to (laughs) get some air in. And especially, too, because... As you're breathing in, it the fabric goes into your mouth, so you're kind of like mm-hmm. a, a, asphyxiated a little bit. It's it's not a comfortable feeling. So kudos to no, them. No, it isn't. Yeah, and just to make the connection to cheese and chocolate is that uh, the Swiss team they were wearing um, the gen- the standard procedural masks, but apparently they sh- when they showed up, um, they were wearing masks that had like the cross on them, one of them, but also Swiss cheese and a chocolate. Or a cow motif as well. Oh, they branded. They did, and or I never really saw it. I heard Vic mention it, but I did see it on their coach, uh, which we've mentioned is Harvard Bad Pedersen, who um, of Thomas Ulzrud fame. And I'm like, no wonder, of course. If anyone's on that team is going to do something out, a little more outrageous, it's it's going to be him. It's going to be him. So I think we got to put the crosshairs here on uh, our good friend Torger. Kind of let us down yeah. in the fashion sense here. Very boring. They wore black pants. And I mean, I we've already said, I get it. The Norway team probably doesn't want to be compared to Thomas Olsrud for the rest of their career, which we're going to do anyway. Uh, but, you know, you've got one of the members on your team, so. That's true. Maybe like off ice, he still keeps the extravagant outfits just, you know, <laughs> for the Maybe. ice, he tries to blend in uh, with the teams a little more. Well, speaking of the Swiss, while we're on that topic, uh, they did actually end up winning the bronze medal. So they were in the game uh, Russia against Russia uh, for that bronze medal game. Also played at 11 p.m. at night at the same time as the gold medal game. And also, uh, you know, congratulations to them. They played three games that day, three almost 10 end games. But mm-hmm. To anyone out there who has done that, I have done that. And let me tell you, it is exhausting come that third game. Like you're really at the end of a week, you're digging in deep to get that energy at the end of the week for a bronze medal game, which let's be fair, no one really wants to play anyway. (laughs) 
No. And you didn't have to do it in a mask when you did. Yeah, that too. And also, I think I mentioned this last week, but because of the whole uh, false positive thing that was going on, like they really didn't know when they would be able to play. And they woke up at 8 a.m. that morning and they were told like, okay, you're going to be on the ice in two hours, play your quarterfinal game. So, you know, it must have been a heck of a day. And unfortunately, I don't know, I guess they haven't had a lot of time to recoup. The Worlds finished on Sunday, and then Thursday they started the Grand Slam. And let me tell you, DeCruz did not, uh, it was not their week for for curling. No, I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. Go for it. Uh, so I have, a, I have some, somebody to blame for all of this. Oh, and, are you uh, throwing someone on the, under the bus? Oh, you bet. And I think, uh, I think I'm going to convince you, you to agree with me too. Um, cause we have debated, or first of all, just to answer the question, I blame the Swiss Federation. Whoa. I know. Big accusations here. I know here, but the reason is, uh, well, first of all, we've debated what countries use the best formats, uh, for choosing their national representatives or their Olympic representatives. We've talked about that a lot. I think if I remember, we, agree, we like the Canadian model, even though it, it's very difficult to win. At least everybody's got a shot. And there's you can't really have any cronyism or anything like that or conflicts of interest, as we've seen in other countries where they handpick people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think actually undermine or the health of the sport as a result when they don't give other competitors their fair game. Uh, oh, so we've said all of that. Switzerland appears to be taking what I'm going to call the worst of both worlds. <laughs> In their form, because I always assumed they did like us, but apparently what happened was the Swiss Federation told Team De Cruz, uh, we're going to give you the Olympic spot if you come first or second. But they didn't. So they came third, not good enough. So now they have to play off for the, oh good, Kelly agrees with me because uh, her jaw just Guys, dropped. Yeah. <laughs> my, my jaw literally literally just dropped. You can't That's see right. this, but. I know. That's why I'm commentating. Uh, but yeah, they, that was their that was their what they chose to do wow so because they came third which let's be honest a pandemic year 14 teams yeah. coming third in the world uh after the the kind of week that they had not that bad they have to play off against Yannick Schwaller who is another really good team really in my opinion they should be playing off they should be playing off against each other anyway but what the hell kind of thing is that to tell a team, if you do this well, we'll give it to you. If yeah. As if there was not enough pressure of already competing on the, the world stage. Now, they were playing for essentially two titles at once. Plus, two titles, plus getting the country a spot into the Olympics, right? And I have to put myself in their shoes, which is not easy to do because I am not exactly a world championship caliber curler. But I'm trying to think that if I were there, I... Especially, you know what? What if they had made the final? I have to be honest, I would not care at all. I mean, yes, I would. I would want to win it. But really, the relief of having secured the Olympic spot is what I would be really playing for. It's like you would have been satisfied winning silver. Like, of course, you want to win gold. But you're like, you know what? We just got our spot to the Olympic. It's been a long week. We got silver. We got more funding. All's good. So I ultimately think there should be a playoff between uh, De Cruz and Schwaller and whoever else is out there in Switzerland, as we do here in mm-hmm. Canada. But to dangle it in front of Team De Cruz like that and then take it away, I think is I no, just have a playoff or declare your team. Yeah, and honestly too, I don't think it benefits 
de Cruz as well because it's just that added pressure, right? Because yeah. now you're like, oh no, this is not just the world. It's like we're playing for our spot to the Olympics and, you know, any other added pressure, well, it's going to affect your game. And if things don't go well, well then, you know, it can just quickly spiral out of control. Not that it did, but it's definitely, a, it played tricks on your minds. And going into a world championship, uh, you want the fewer stressors on your team. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if this is a written rule in the in Swiss curling or if this is just some deal that the federation made with Team De Cruz, but either way, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it and- sucks. But it's like that for a lot of European teams. Um, but going into actually to get to the Worlds, De Cruz and had to play another team five times. It was like or it was like a best out of five. Right, I believe and it, it was was Schwaller. against Schwaller. And uh, yeah, Schwaller won the first two games, and then De Cruz came back and won one, two, like three, four, five to win. Oh man! So, so clearly, these teams are really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous to declare your team now, uh, or if you are okay, but to declare it with an asterisk. I mean, ugh. I'm gonna throw this question out to you, right? Let's say you're a team De Cruz. You're playing in the Worlds, and you need to get first or second in order to claim your Olympic spot. I don't know if you remember, but De Cruz or Switzerland won, I think they won bronze in the last Olympics. Um, I think, I don't know. Yeah, oh, hold on. <laughs> Let's take a little pause okay. to fact check yeah. this because this is important. Uh, yeah, so they finished third. So yeah, question to you, Rob. Put yourself in Switzerland's shoes or actually put yourself into Team De Cruz. Um, you're in the world championship. You know that you have to finish first or second in order to get your Olympic spot. However, you already been to the Olympics as part of team De Cruz, and you already have a bronze medal. How much importance are you putting into getting that first or second spot at the worlds? Are you super keen on going or getting that spot just because the Olympics is the, you know, ultimate goal for any athlete or are you more along the lines of I want to get the spot but I've already been there I have the experience so I'm not as um keen oh do you know what I mean yeah I know exactly what you mean very interesting question I've always been of the mind where um if I accomplish something I don't feel the need to do it again Mm -hmm. however I have never heard that from another competitive player well also the Olympics is just a whole other ball game it's not like the world's where you're like oh there's our there's always next year the Olympics only come every four years and it's absolutely you only have x amount of shots at it before you're too old we have to be careful because i'm thinking like if we ever interview ben hebert on the podcast because he's been to the olympics and he went back to if we had asked him the question um yeah you know you'd be okay with missing out on the olympics right you've already been now you've been twice i'm sure he would kill us so i i think that for most competitors they uh it doesn't matter if they've been before they in fact and i think for the olympics not that we would know but I don't. I think they probably because they've been there. They want to go back more than anything. Because you never hear an athlete being like, "Oh, I've been to the Olympics and it was like it was an okay experience," right? (laughs) (laughs) No one ever says that. (laughs) You know, they always come back with it was the best experience of my life and all the stories and all the stories that they'll never publicly tell. 
And that's right. That's just that. It's funny. That's about what my parents say about going to the Olympics as fans when they were in Montreal. Oh yeah, I saw a, a soccer game between two countries I'd never heard of from the last row of the Olympic Stadium. It it was okay, but yeah, as athletes, as competitors, mm-hmm. of course not. So I think that this means the world to them, mm-hmm. and I think that they were playing all week trying to win two things at once, and I think that that must have. Uh, taken its toll on them. And if I were them, uh, and again, I don't want to speculate or make excuses for them, but I would be completely 100% mentally checked out for this Humpty's whatever it is that's going on right now. I don't even know what it's called. Sorry. I think it's the Champions Cup. Cup? Yeah. <laughs> Something it's you drink pr- out of. A Princess Auto is a sponsor. Oh, I thought it was Humpty's. No, I think Humpty's might be the next one. I, I, oh, I can only okay. tell you this because I actually only watched one game. And by one game, I mean four ends before I fell asleep and Princess Otto was on the button. So Okay. Actually, so we should talk about that quickly because I haven't watched anything either um, or I've watched maybe a couple of ends, very, very little. Um, Enough to know or to not even know what the title sponsor is. (laughs) But Well, we already shared our thoughts on the Grand Slam and how we don't care about it as much as some of the other. No, I think, and I, I mean, I don't want to speak for other curling fans, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that will agree with us that the fun in watching curling on TV is seeing people compete for their province and country and not the elite teams competing for how much money they're about to make. We all know they're rich, they're ma- or rich curling. curling. <laughs> That's a very... Yeah, correct frame of reference here. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're richer than we are. They're making more money curling than we Can are. Can I make a tangent really quickly or just make a little comment um, based on the couple ends that I did watch last night. I do have to say that I find the whole ambiance of the Grand Slams a little more relaxed. I find the people who are doing the commentating are much more um, chilled. I think the players, you can definitely tell they're more relaxed because again, they're not playing for a championship title. They're just there to win a couple extra tens of thousands of dollars so and it's it has a more casualness to it which i actually liked there is and i do i i i do think they've gotten a lot of things right in the way they manage it um it's just that we don't care the the end goal of the like who wins it or i don't know is anybody actually like actively keeping track of it i know we're not and I think the other thing, though, is that in a normal year, I would maybe pay a bit more closer attention to it if it were on in like October or mm-hmm. something like that. Because the way the curling season works is the big part that we all that or by all, I really just mean you and me, but I, I assume a lot of other people too. the part that we care about happens between February, March, April. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get a break from it. By the time April rolls around, we're pretty exhausted from watching curling for a month. But um there's nothing really going on in October. There's nothing really going on in January. Those Grand Slams, I think, are well-placed. But for this one to be the week after the World Championship, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And there's another one next week as well. Oh, it's yeah. It's just like, like they're fitting two in because they want to have some Grand Slams and it's the only opportunity this year to have them. But yeah, I totally agree with you. After um, last Sunday, I was just like, I really don't care i'm i'm like switzerland i'm pro i'm just like mentally exhausted from watching all the curling i know so, and also and too, it's our job to do this yeah and it's just for what i'm just watching the same teams 
that I just watched two weeks ago play again. But the other thing I want to give them credit for, although even then I don't know how I feel about this, but you know they're playing with modified rules. Oh, what are the rules this time? Yeah, so this is important. And I can't tell you this from watching uh, because I've not really seen anything. Uh, a listener had to tell me this. Uh, but if you get a rock on the center line. Okay. So like the first few rocks, the first five rocks, uh-huh. uh, if they are on the center line, you cannot peel them, obviously, if they're center line guards, but you can't tick them either. Oh, yes. Okay. I heard about this too. You can touch them, but you cannot move them off the center line. So you can only move them like a center. Yeah. So I heard about this too, um, because all year we've been talking about all of these blank ends. The players are getting too good. The game's just kind of getting boring. And so we've added, you know, the five rock free guard zone, which isn't really doing anything. And what the teams have figured out is like, oh, well, if you just tick it, then we're yeah. back at uh, square one and all the teams have gotten so good at ticking. So now, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're pondering the idea of making it a free hit zone and not just hitting, but like tick, like you can't touch the rock. Right. So are you pro or con for... Um, I can't comment. I've not even noticed. <laughs> if, if, if my dad didn't tell me this, I would not have even yeah, noticed. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I have not put a lot of thought into this. My only hesitate. Okay, good. Neither have I. <laughs> so maybe I have to think about it more and like strategy wise, see it play out. I just, I feel like it's like, I understand having, wanting to put rules in place to make sure that the game is like stimulating and challenging good for the fans to watch that we're actually um, having a quality curling game and it doesn't advantage a team that's in the lead or a team that's not in the lead. But I feel like we have to be careful not to cross that line where the rules just start getting too complicated. And it's like, oh, in this situation, you can do this, but then not that. And then it's just... I feel like we still have to keep it simple to a certain extent. And I don't know if this whole free tick zone rule is just too much. I don't know. I agree with you. For a, for a sport that's so heavily based in tradition, I feel like we we really can get gimmicky mm-hmm. and embrace these gimmicks. Like you and I have talked about the power play and mixed doubles. Yep. I feel like this is kind of like that. Although I have thoughts in both directions. Like my other thought is that, well, this is a perfect time to experiment. Uh, This is a thing where really, I think, let's be honest, not a lot of people are tuning in to the way they were to other things a few weeks ago. I'm willing to guess the ratings will not be as high as they were for the Briar Tournament of Hearts or Worlds. So why not experiment and see what happens? But my other thought that I just thought about today was... Uh, so we've already mentioned that one day we should have Ben Hebert on the podcast, but let's let's keep this going. Let's invite Lisa Weagle. Yeah. What does she have to say about this? She's made a whole career out of being amazing at tick shots, and that's something I feel a bit awkward about. Is that I'm all for uh, okay experimenting and maybe seeing if people like this, but I feel awkward that this is her specialty, and because she's so good at it, now she's not allowed to do it anymore. And also, too, it kind of sets precedent, right? Because Whatever rule we implement, teams are going to find a way around it to make it advantageous for them. So, okay, right now the tick shot is like the the shot to have in your tool bag. Now we add this rule of you can't take a shot. So what's going to happen? Teams are going to find out ways 
around that and other shots are going to become the shot to have in your tube well. Well, then what happens then? Are we going to just like, are we going to just keep making new rules while teens keep getting better and better? Like what, like what's the end game, right? That's right. And I think the thing that we've pointed out before is that uh, this only affects the top 1%. Mm -hmm. We don't even need the five rock rule the way we play. And we're, I mean, okay, we're very clear that we're not world championship caliber, but we're not that bad. We've played competitively and we didn't need it then. I would change we, Rob, to just club curling. I feel like at the club level, just keep it general at the club level. I mean, the four rock rule doesn't even come into play at club level most of the time anyways. No, a lot of people don't even know, <laughs> don't even know about it. Exactly. But, so at um, the club level, it, these things really don't matter. But even then, at like the peak of, because uh, we both have competitive experience, and at the peak of it, um, which is nowhere near what we're watching on TV, but uh, these things were not big deals. You would see the caliber of curling was much higher than maybe what we're accustomed to, accustomed to now, uh, with respect to all the people. But we even played. elite curling back in 2010, when we were at the height of our careers, was much different than what it is now, too, right? Mm, I so guess it's a larger tell. I still think though that these things are done for the top one mm-hmm. percent, and I just don't think it's worth rewriting the rule book when 99 percent of the sport won't even notice this. Yeah, that's true. Fair point. Can I just tell a quick? funny story of from our club experience because uh speaking of competitive play um i still on well in a normal year i curl with you on tuesdays and i curl with uh uh, another friend of mine on thursday who we have a lot of competitive experience together we play for fun now and a couple of years ago um the other team violated the five rock rule and i was skipping this game so i went to put the guard back yeah and my teammate here comes running down the ice going, no, 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 that, that rock stays out. <laughs> and, and I'm all confused because it used to be so easy with the yeah. four rock rule because it was just once you have a second, they can peel. Now the second you're like, okay, wait, who is the hammer? Is that the fifth rock? Uh, you have uh. to do some math. So, right. So when he says, no, 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 put the rock, uh, put it or it's fine to peel that. And I'm think I'm looking around. I'm counting the rocks. I'm going. I I don't think it is. I think it has to go back. And he goes, No, no, no. It's he was the second. Yeah, but I we have uh, it's the fifth rock. And we finally we were we were both like speaking different languages. It <laughs> seemed like until finally uh, he said, Wait, there's a five rock rule. <laughs> Since when? You know what's great with that story? You know how we always say. You know how you always have those seconds that love to add their two cents in terms of what we should do for strategy. And we always say, it's another mm-hmm. example in the seconds. Just <laughs> don't say anything. But no, it'll tr- like, honestly, I think I've, I've played a ladder game where someone actually had to point out, oh, that, was the f- that wasn't the fifth rock. And I'm like, oh, right. Because we're so used to the four rock rule. It's true. And come to think of it, uh, one of the last games we played before the shutdown, we played that little fun tournament. Uh, we vi- we violated the five rock rule and didn't realize it. It was only when we were sitting there after the game and it was in an extra end too. <laughs> we're sitting after the game with the other team and we just said, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, it's true. It really doesn't matter um, at, the, at the club level. And that's the thing too. Like, I don't think we should get to a point where club level has a, a set of rules and the elite grand slams and the worlds have their own set of rules it just again it makes things too complicated it i don't think it's going to benefit the game um in the long run i think if 
the main concern for curling Canada and just like the curling federations as a whole is to make curling more interesting, then I think that they should just promote mixed doubles or like other forms of the game Mm -hmm. more. And I don't think, yeah. And I think we've mentioned this before, but I don't think these little gimmicks are likely to have a lasting effect Mm -hmm. on viewer retention or reaching new audiences. That I think requires more thinking outside the box. Um, And I don't have the answer to it, but little tiny adjustments are not likely going to bring in fans. You can't go to a friend who has zero affiliation with curling and say, hey, you got to watch the sport. Now you can't tick centerline guards anymore. (laughs) It's not going to work. Yeah, I don't know if the whole point, though, is for fans or just to keep the game more challenging for the players. However, with all of this being said, to be fair, I think if we were to implement a new rule, I do think that the Grand Slams are great opportunities to test these rules out. Out of all the tournaments out there, I think these are the ones that are great to see. All right, this rule didn't work. This this rule did. Right, you might as well. You might as well. And you have like the top top of the top lane. So yeah, out of all the places, these are the the events where we should be testing out these rules. but again, I just, I feel like we have to be careful not to create too many rules to, to keep it simple. Yeah. So, hey, uh, Kelly, on a different note, um, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk fashion, right? That's true. It's our favorite topic. Of course. So we've been pretty harsh on some teams at the Worlds or Tournament of Hearts or Briar or whatever. Um, so just looking here, I have a couple of fashion notes. Okay. Um what do we have here? Um, oh, okay. So because players had to wear masks during the final, uh, I'm not a big fan of the blue procedural masks. I have to wear them at work and things like that, but I don't really like the way they look, but I thought, you know what? They look okay on team Scotland just because it matches their colors. That's true. It's very uh, on brand for them. I also have that, uh, Nicholas Adine in the final was wearing the, the Swedish jerseys were weird this year. They were dark blue. They were very navyish. Mm-hmm. So he was wearing navy blue. He had a black bas- uh, baseball cap on. He had a black mask. I have it in my notes that he looked like a ninja when he was sliding. <laughs> I have a comment on uh, his hat. I don't know if you mentioned it, but for the first time ever, he decided to wear a baseball cap while curling. And it was uh, a branded cap. So they had to tape, put black tape for all the sponsorship was mm-hmm. except they missed one spot right, oh yeah you could right see it in the back. back yeah like right above that little hole where i uh, you have normally at a the back of a baseball cap it was uh i guess we probably shouldn't name the company but uh, they missed a, a taping spot just saying yeah that was pretty funny okay yeah what else do we have fashion wise do we want to talk about that picture you sent me earlier this week oh we'll get okay. to that yes for sure uh oh one more thing speaking of uh, team Adine. I don't know if you noticed this, but they had a little blurb on their jersey that one of their sponsors, it had a little speech balloon. Okay. And there was some text in it that was Swedish. Uh, so I had no idea what it Did meant. Did Google Translate? But I was really curious. I tried to. Uh, I had to find a picture where I could actually read it. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't put in that much effort, to be honest. But I, I got a couple of words into Google Translate, but I couldn't make out the middle word. There's some weird characters that I couldn't really make out, but it it said something like together for the something movement. 
I don't know what the what movement it is though. That's the word I couldn't translate. Oh. But I was curious about it all week. I thought it was a little Instagram logo underneath, yeah. so I thought it said follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Or something like that, but I think I was completely wrong. By the way, don't follow us on yes, Instagram. Yes, at behindthetea.curling. So that was a plug, I have to say. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. The other thing that you commented on was that, uh, first of all, hats off to Team RCF. What a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had never heard of that team before. And that, especially the skip, every time they cut to him, he was making ridiculous shots. And he's a young guy, too. I think he's only 25 plus or minus a couple right. of years. So he's, uh, I'm sure we'll see him coming out of Russia for a while. Russia has some weird rules, so who yeah. knows? Yes. And sorry, not Russia, RCF. Right. One day, maybe they'll be allowed to call themselves <laughs> Russia again. But I think you pointed this out. One of the, I think it was the third. Yes, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Needs to learn how to zip up his jacket, right? Isn't it the most annoying thing? So the, th- mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's the third for Russia. He keeps his jacket on just unzipped. Who does that? Or it's it's zipped, but like really far no, down. I've seen it completely unzipped throughout the week. Okay, well, the other day he had it like zipped just at the bottom. It's like if you're too hot to have it zipped up, take it off. And then it's like flapping in the wind. Oh, I know. I would not be able to curl with a... If I were if I were on team RCF, I would tell him to take it off. Yeah. So there's not much for RCF to improve on after the amazing <laughs> week they had, except that. Well, you know, maybe if he took his jacket off, it would have resulted in a couple more made shots and they would be in the final. Just saying. Yeah. We know what we're talking yeah. about. And um yeah, I think that does it for what I have written down here, except uh, this is complete. Oh, just very quickly off topic. I'm sad to tell you, Kelly, that we cannot, we are as Quebecers, we are not eligible to play the Alberta curling 50-50. Oh no, more competition. That's the latest. Yes, that is the latest ad that uh, went ad nauseum nonstop during the world championships. Do you know how much? Play the Alberta. Do you know how much they raised so far? I have the number. How much? Oh, they've raised (laughs) the total jackpot. This is, I think it's the total amount of money, not the 50, 50 amount, uh, 800,000. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody in Alberta is going to be making some money. Yeah. I don't know if the 50, 50 goes for the whole duration of the bubble or they do it every couple. Cause usually in an event, normally, if you ever Mm -hmm. go to a curling event, uh, whether it be Briar world, trial whatever you name it they do like a 50 50 for every draw so i don't know if they're doing something similar for for alberta yeah i i don't know i looked it up because i mean i already knew that uh because we've already mentioned we live in quebec which means we're not allowed to enter any national level contest where there's prizes being offered but uh apparently i think it's only open to alberta it says in white font at the bottom of the screen uh, I wonder if it has to do probably has to do with like tax purposes or something like that, right? I guess it makes total sense. But I'm thinking, hey, you know, you're spamming us with your uh-huh. ads. I should be allowed to participate if you're going to be showing it to me every single commercial break. Oh, speaking of commercial breaks, can we segue into that for a little bit? Yes. Um, I have to say one thing that was nice about the Grand Slam and refreshing is the new commercials that we haven't seen yet this year <laughs> and <laughs> yes although i did not like the pinties oh ad. i did not either oh i was a little confused too because i wasn't sure if the ad was 
for chicken wings or if Pinties have expanded their repertoire of food and now they have you can buy a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, like they had bacon or something yeah, too. Um, they were like, since 1943, Pinties has been supplied. And know. I'm like, Pinties has been back since has been around since 1943. That's true. And I would think that if they've been around that long, they probably are doing more than just chicken wings. Yeah. And I also Pinties aside, so I I think in general, I feel like the commercials on Sportsnet just have better budget than TSN. Or maybe they just don't have these local agriculture companies coming at them with their commercials. (laughs) Uh, But I did notice a lot more. All of the uh, New Holland tractor trailer commercials have been replaced by car commercials, which Mm -hmm. is very like on brand for sport channels. And also um, Philadelphia cheese and that angel that will not retire. I remember 10 years ago. Oh, right. I think we brought her up before. Yeah. Well, the Philadelphia Angel has been around forever, right? And I feel like 10 years ago, they came out with a commercial where she was like, I'm retiring. Here's the new angel. But every year, this old angel is still around. And I'm just like, girl, are you going to retire from your Philadelphia Angel days? I think that's the uh, Philadelphia Corporation capitalizing on this trend of reviving old 90s things Mm -hmm. like how... The Roseanne spinoff is back, and uh, like every '90s show came back. It feels yeah. like. Did and you hear that Friends is coming back? As a I special, did. as a special, not like a full. Okay, yeah. as a. Because it would be too much. <laughs> how do you feel about? Quick aside, how do you feel about this? Because most things, from my understanding, I've not really seen many of these spinoff things. But true fans, of which I am not one, when it comes to Friends, yeah, uh, usually don't have much positive to say. That is very true. However, I'm actually quite excited. But I also am going in with low expectations, right? Because Friends was so iconic and a true 90s show. It was just fantastic. And I think if they were to do uh, Friends 2.0, it just really wouldn't be good. Um, So I like that the fact that they're staying with a special. But I also know from seeing other show revivals that they just haven't been as good or they're like overly cheesy and they're just like trying to you know they bring back all those old jokes but so I'm kind of going into this with this in mind so I'm already expecting cheesy I'm expecting tacky I'm expecting old jokes I'm expecting it not to be fantastic so it's going to end up being good okay interesting you know, um, I had the same feeling because recently they released the the trailer for Space Jam 2. Okay. Which, I don't know, the 90s kid in me wants to love it. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I think like, well, that was the greatest movie ever made. And what are we doing messing with it? That's right. I said it. I, I'm calling it best movie of the 90s. <laughs> we just lost a couple of <laughs> listeners there. I think we just gained some listeners. Excuse well, me. Well, on that but- note... Uh, I don't know if you saw the Top Gun 2 trailer that has been Oh, yeah, I saw it when you sent it to me. (laughs) That has been pushed out uh, over a year now. I think it's supposed to come out now in July-ish, but who knows? And let me tell you, I'm pretty excited to to watch it. I know you are. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Kenny Loggins. Yes. That's all you need. And I have to, I was thinking, by the way, because we've brought up the Philadelphia cream cheese angel before, and I'm was sitting here for the last 30 seconds going, why the hell have we, would we bring her up? What does she have to do with curling? And I think I've got the connection. Whoa, okay. And it's that I think we made a comment um, 
any avid listeners can maybe tell me if I'm right, a while back that we said it'd be cool if the Strauss Corporation came back. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jim Strauss is dead, but it'd be really cool if we checked in with him, like if he were still alive, if he could pop back up with Randy Furman. Randy, how's your game all these years later? <laughs> that's true. That would have been hilarious. I, I think that's what we said. I don't know, but um, just go on with I it. I don't know. Maybe um, his son can take over and do mm-hmm. that. You know what? I feel like yeah. we need to get into... I'm already in the marketing field. I feel like I have to move over to commercial marketing and somehow get that in there. Oh, I know. I have zero training, yet I've watched curling my whole life. So I feel like I have extensive training. <laughs> Mostly in how not to do things. And speaking of how not to do things, we have to get this out yeah. there. I'll let you uh, take the lead on our Canadian tuxedo story here. Uh, yes. So I woke up the other day uh, to someone sending me a beautiful image. Uh, of, I don't even know how to describe this. It is so ugly. So on the TSN Instagram account, they released the new jackets for Team Canada at the Olympics. And I just... I don't even have the words to describe how absolutely ugly and embarrassing and a tragedy <laughs> that someone, one, designed this. Wow. People approved it. Uh, it's still posted on the TSN Instagram page. And if you read the comments, they're not good. And as the one of the two members working on the behind the t doc hurling instagram account and the one who knows actually how to work instagram exactly i was like well you know we have to we have to promote ourselves and i made my feelings on behalf of both of us known (laughs) as a comment (laughs) and essentially i just wrote that uh telling tsn and i guess the hudson bay who usually makes the team canada uh outfits for the olympics that april fools was two weeks ago and uh, that this is not acceptable. <laughs> so just to describe it, what it was, it was a jean jacket, which in itself, I love jean jackets. Are they, should they be worn by athletes at an Olympic event? Absolutely not. They just have graffiti all over it. Yeah, like Tokyo 2020 was like, it looks like it's spray painted. It on. is. And then Canada's spray painted in some, oh, uh, it's just, it was so ugly. But... It is authentically Canadian, right? Like the whole Canadian tuxedo idea. Are they going to send them in jeans too? I'm wondering. Like they didn't mention that part. And so part of me, like I didn't like it either. I have to get that out there. I did not like it. But part of me was like, you know, it's it's an interesting idea. Not fashionable, but just it's very Canadian. I don't know. No, no. No? You see, this is how these con- <laughs> okay, this it's is decided. How concepts are developed people work on a couple of them and they present it to a board and they pick the ones they like and you refine it. I'm sorry. Like who agreed to this? And you know what I can tell you is that- What were um, the other ideas that they came up with that weren't as good as this jean jacket? I'd be curious. And I don't know if you've ever bought any of this Olympic merchandise. When I was a kid, I loved it. I always buy the mitt, the Canadian mitts. The mitts are okay. Yeah. yeah. But I I remember buying like the hoodie from one of the Olympics. I put it in the wash and it was already pretty much ruined. Like it was low quality. Maybe they give the athletes higher quality. And uh, when you go to the Bay or Zellers or whatever it was at the time, it wasn't the, the highest quality. But I remember it just, they were not great. They were not particularly comfortable. 
Uh, they got ruined when I washed them, and they were extremely expensive. You remember the Vancouver Olympics? Like everybody talked about the mitts, but the the athletes had these kind of nicely nice sweaters that looked like they were all knit. Yeah, those were two hundred dollars or something like that. They were outrageously expensive. So I can only imagine how much that denim thing is going to go. Can you for. actually see people buying them? And wearing them on the streets on a regular day? Absolutely not. Because at least the other sweaters and stuff, it's still like a sporty outfit. So you'll wear it doing your activities. But when are you going to wear a jean jacket? Going shopping? You're going to wear that? So yeah, I think they're really expensive. I don't know. Um, I'm not about to drop $200 on a jean jacket, I have to say. Although I have to say, I think it would be kind of funny is this worth spending $200? No, but pretty close to like give it to somebody like you and just watch their reaction. Is it worth $200 though? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I don't think so. But um, hey, if it were 10 bucks, I think I would. Yeah, that's a different just story. Like, Happy birthday, Kelly. <laughs> just like watch what happens. Oh dear. Well, we've been on a tangent there. So one more thought before we, uh, we put an end to this is uh, with the world championships wrapping up, um, so I predicted Switzerland early on, but you did predict Edine, right? No, I predicted Botcher. Oh, shoot. Okay, sorry. I thought you picked uh, Edine. No, I didn't. One thing, so I finished editing last week's episode right before we're recording this one. Oh, you should have doctored it. <laughs> I should have. I think we guessed every team in the event except Eden. Like, we didn't want him to win. Yes, and that was my final note is what the hell were we thinking and in fact, you know, in, when Vic does his little closing montage that makes us all cry, yeah. that, uh, okay, I, <laughs> I wanted to see if like you... <laughs> I know, I, it's, yeah. I get emotional during his montages. I do. I, I like well his done. montages. Yeah. They are well done. And uh, you know what made me emotional during this one? He's like something about uh, how they embraced being in the bubble and they showed the Korean team holding up Tim Horton's cuffs. And I was like, yeah, yeah good for you guys. But one thing he said, I actually wrote this quote down. Yeah. Uh, he said, gone are the days when you can predict the winner before any rocks are thrown. Well, that's a nice thought, Vic, but no, it isn't. What we learned from this is that we were idiots to not call Adine right before it began. You know what, though? I feel like subconsciously we didn't want Adine to win, or at least on my, I can't speak for you, but for me, I, I didn't want him to win, not because he didn't deserve it, but I was just tired of seeing him win all the time. And I wanted another team to win. So that's why that played a part in my pick because I was like, if I pick another team, then maybe that will give them the edge to win, you know? That's a much better excuse than I have. I saw, I saw, I thought I saw vulnerability and I was completely wrong. Yeah. But you know what? Good for him. Uh, I think he deserves to be mentioned as, so I know we've mentioned or we've debated the greatest women's curlers of all time. Uh, I guess all we can say is that when we ever when we have that debate for men, which we will at some point, not today, uh, Nicholas Adine will be right up there. How can he not be? Yeah, I think for men, there's not much of a debate. I think it's pretty obvious who the greatest of all time is. And I think we can also make some predictions because we're great at that, of who, who will be the next greatest <laughs> of all time. I already have some names in my head, uh, but that'll be a discussion for another okay. time. Oh, so catch us yes. on the flip side. Um, that's it. And for all you hockey fans out there, this is the last note I have. I have to, this is my last ditch effort to get it out there. I had my, my phone in airplane mode during trade deadline day. Oh, no. that is the worst. I, I'm, I, that's I, all I got. I feel for you. <laughs> all right, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Struggle with real. Bye.